Uh, well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another Bradley Basics podcast. I'm here with uh, Jamie Zimmel, another another great guy I met through the local hockey community, probably one of the best guys I've been on the ice with, bar none. You know, went to Penn State, played hockey there, has got a degree from there. I uh, was actually pre-med and got into his uh, family's uh, real estate business, uh, Zimmel Associates. And, you know, from our previous two podcasts with uh, Mike Shaheen, real estate's a real hot topic. They do commercial real estate, so we're going to take a little journey and explore some of the differences and uh, also to uh, highlight uh, Jamie's career. How are you doing, Jamie? Doing well. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for, thanks for taking the time. My pleasure. Just want to say, you know, following uh, Shaheen, it's uh, big shoes to fill. <laughs> yeah, big shoes so, to fill. Yeah, that's yep. right. That's right. So, yeah, as we were talking earlier, um, you, you, you're, you're a family business. You've got three brothers that are still in the business, and the, the business was started from your, your grandfather and your father and a couple of different styles there. Like, yeah. Uh, now, what's the difference between commercial and you know residential real estate from your point of it's view? It's two completely different animals. The whole process of you know from start to finish of leasing a space um, as opposed and selling takes a little bit longer of a process than it does for a residential. Okay. Um, and leasing, or you can also call it renting, um, it's more um, it's a little more popular in the commercial world than it is in the residential world. Okay. Um, but uh, like, what's what's the average um, length of a lease? So, well, with the, I mean, some people can do a year, but most of our landlords that we represent, we're mostly a uh, landlord rep, reps, which we either landlords seek us out to rent out their space or sell their property. Okay. Um, so what most of our landlords do, they want anywhere between a five or a ten year lease term. Oh wow. Um, sometimes we can get them to agree to do a three year, depending on the type of tenant they have um with the lack of space that they have so but mostly a five or ten year term what's like the average like um square footage of a commercial place it, i mean it all varies i mean we have stuff that we have a unit that you know it's about uh fifty thousand square feet seventy thousand square feet that we want to rent mm-hmm. um i mean i have a property that i represent uh i'll use an example in in rawway and Carteret area mm-hmm. the same owner owns um i would say roughly about three hundred and 78,000 square feet altogether. Oh, wow. And they're all broken up in different units. So I rent each one of those individual units. They're, they're broken up into fives, tens, and 20,000 square foot units. Now, what, what, what kind of businesses like go into commercial real estate? So it depends. So what we do is we, we do office and industrial space. Okay. Um, so for industrial, what's big now is all these e-commerce built of companies, obviously, with Amazon pretty much just dropping shop everywhere in like a warehouse, you yeah, mean? Yeah, pretty much. It's a warehouse, yeah. Oh, wow. So they're right across from our office, actually. They're building uh, 500,000 square feet worth of warehouse space uh, for for fulfillment center. Oh, wow. So a lot of people in that area, companies, they want to be close to Amazon to deliver their stuff to Amazon to be shipped out. Um, so you have companies like e-commerce. I, you know, there are, Believe it or not, there are companies that make, for example, um, molds for podiatry. So they need to store a lot of their products in warehouses. Okay. Um, we have, you know, uh, stuff for mechanical shops, automobile shops. Um, so anything you can think of, we have we represent a lot of those warehouses that can give you a home for those locations. Oh wow! It's like, do you have um, any food? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have uh, actually one of my clients right now. Um, they um, they're in uh, Piscataway. We just expand them from. Uh, 20,000 square feet to about almost 60,000 square feet, um, just within almost two and a half years. Oh, wow. Um, and then what they do is they manufacture protein bars. The company's called Clio. 
oh, and they're wow. in like the Walmart and stuff. So it's frozen yogurt bars, but they're like part supposed to be a little bit on the healthier side. Um, by the way, products is phenomenal. Tastes really? delicious. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think I see you put some stuff on Instagram from time yeah, to time. There's yeah. a pop, there's a popcorn company yeah, you were yeah, dealing with. Yeah, popcorn for the people, which is a phenomenal business. Um, they are so it, the business start their business started uh, with a father and son, um, and they the only people that work in this company are children with aut- with people with autism. Okay. So those are the only people that they hire, giving them jobs and learn life skills. Awesome. And um, their company just blew up. I mean, they're big with Rutgers. Um, I believe they did they uh, did some football games with the Eagles. Really. So then they you know they're they're a great tenant to have. They're Unit smells delicious. Oh, I bet. Um, but yeah, they're a phenomenal, phenomenal business. So, like, like these spaces, these food spaces, I would assume there's certain amenities that need to be there. Yeah. Uh, certain climate controls, I would assume. So it right? depends. It depends on the company mm-hmm. um, and what they what they need to get their business up and running. For example, this was just a strictly a warehouse building. Uh, we actually had to add. Uh, I mean, we, the ownership had to add um, floor drains. Um, certain ventilation through the roof, um, additional um, locations to run water. So all that little stuff, I mean, that when you do all that, I mean, adds up to a good dollar for the owner to spend, but you'll hopefully make that back on the rent. Yeah. So, so do you guys get involved in any of that process? So w- we, we negotiate that process. Um, how can we get the rent where it's, it's okay to um, do all this work and knowing that they're going to make it. So right. obviously you check financials, whatnot, but with, believe it or not, with um, this company, the owner actually donated his time and his money to do all this for them as a donation to the company, which was which I thought was a phenomenal move on the owner's part. That's great. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Um, and so like you went to Penn State, you were saying, and you start off pre-med and you're playing some hockey there and stuff yeah. like that, and you ended up ch- switching gears so you could stay there, right? Yeah, or- it was a... It was a long road. I had a lofty dream of, I would say more so of the dream of being a doctor more than a professional hockey player. Okay. Um, I thought it was a little more realistic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was at Penn State. I started as pre-med. Um, I think it was halfway through my uh, halfway through my first semester. I just really realized I was getting barely any sleep and I uh-huh. couldn't keep up with the work and the practices because... You know, Penn State, we were practicing Tuesday through Thursday. We had and we had film on Monday uh-huh. and we also had training in the morning. So yeah. between that class and trying to balance a little bit of a social life was very difficult. Right, right. Um, my coach at the time who recruited me, uh, to his credit, uh, which he changed my life dramatically. I don't think he realizes how much he's changed my life uh-huh. um, just by telling me I'd make a decision. And he brought me to his office and said, listen, you know, I know you noticed your grades dripped, dipped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we want you to be a part of this team. We recruited you here, but um, education comes first. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he always preached education, even on the recruiting trips. Um, and I knew a few players that played there prior. Um, they always said education always comes first. And um, he called me to his office, and he said, uh, what do you want to do? So I he said, take the weekend to think about it. And... Uh, get back to me and let me know. We'll still keep you a part of this program. Um, so I walked out of his office, probably 10 steps. Mm-hmm. And I walked back in. I said, I'm playing hockey. Yeah, I'm here for hockey and I will figure out another way. He goes, what do you want to do as you know, a major? 
like, I want to be an English major. Mm-hmm. I was like, English major? That's completely different than pre-med. Yeah. I was like, look, I enjoy writing. I enjoy reading. It come, it's what comes easy to me. And um, I'd rather do that than I'd rather write a 10-page essay than take, you know, a multiple choice test of 10, 10 questions. Yeah. So um, he goes, all right, we switched my major. And, um, you know, I had a great, uh, you know, career at Penn State hockey-wise and, you know, great education there. Oh, yeah. Um, did very well at the GPA. And, um, you know, there is this history. Yeah. So yeah. My, my, like I was telling you, my new, my new boss is, went to Penn State. Another guy that, the old, old regional manager went to Penn State. So, there, yeah, there's, yeah, there, it, it's a top shelf place. No, no question about it, you know. One thing I, and I still talk about this to this day. And you're better than me. I'm more of an engineer because I had a hard time with reading oh, and writing. I learned it, how to do that later yeah, in life. But yeah. I was good in math. Oh, but and, your brain's yeah. a lot different than mine. Engineering yeah. <laughs> brain is a lot better than, than an English major's brain. So I can yeah, tell you that much. Yeah, 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 but it's so. amazing, though. And I, but I write a lot now. And I, you have to read a lot. And you have to, and but, it's a good way to educate. You, yeah. There's no, way, no other way to really educate yourself. Other than learning, reading, and writing, and writing your thoughts well, down. Well, so not you know. many people know this about me, and I never thought I was gonna, we were going to take this tangent. Um, but uh, when I was younger, I I had a disability. Oh, I had okay. an re- auditory and visual deficit disorder. What, what is that? So basically, I can read perfectly fine, but what I was reading, I couldn't, my, my brain couldn't process it. Oh, wow. So I can read the red cat jumped over the blue fence. Mm-hmm. But if you asked me to draw it out or explain to you what I just read, I couldn't do it. So my mother, the uh, angel that she is, uh-huh. uh, did all this research research and found a tutor um, in Neptune uh, by the name of Marge Wiener. Okay. And she specified with children with learning disabilities, particularly with mine, uh-huh. um, which I come to find out is not as uncommon as it was back then. Um, I was just diagnosed with it and caught on early. That's so great. I was diagnosed with when I was a first in first grade. Oh wow! And um, so from second grade all up until high school, I was going to see this tutor, Marge Wiener, two hours a day. I think it was twice a week, and she helped remediate my brain to process what I was reading. Oh wow! And it just enhanced my writing capabilities, um, and I just, it just believe it or not, it just came easy to me after that because wow. I was practicing so much. So I would go to school, go to my tutor for two hours a day, go to hockey practice, go back home, and just start first start my homework. Wow. So I was, and my mother, she would read my homework, like all my chapters, into a tape recorder. And then when I get home, I'll put the headphones on. I'll re-listen to the, cha- the uh, tape recorder for all the chapters I read in school that, that earlier that day. Wow. So what it would take someone, let's say, an hour to study, took me about two and a half to three hours to study. Wow. So... But yeah, so long road back. That's, Impressive. That's Impressive. why I kind of thought English major would be great because I just love it. It's amazing. P- and that's what it's, you got a degree in. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's but, um, majorly so impressive. I have two, you know, put inside my parents, you know, my uh, my tutor and my coach were two big roles in my life to get me where I am today. That's awesome. So That's great. Yeah, that's a great, that's great. I mean, and what it is is just working, you know, you know, seeing what's going on evaluating what you need to do and just dip, putting the work down and, and getting it done, you know? Yeah. And then you come to find out what really works well, for me, what really works for you, for example, study wise and what doesn't, I had to rewrite my chapters. Every time I got home from class, I would highlight certain, certain lines and then the highlighted um, notes that I take, I'll rewrite those. So I was doing notes what someone write once, I was doing three sets of notes. Yeah. So, but, um, well, one of the Bradley basics, you know, success is mastering your own process. Right. So once you figure out what your process is and 
and you master it that's what it is yeah know? and it's funny i i used to you know not to knock on people that don't really need to study but i used to envy those who especially kids on my team i can go to the bar at night take the exam the next day and not study they just process it right away in class mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i used to envy that and not to put any knock on them for me i got the i when i was younger i always said okay i have a disability mm-hmm then as I got older, especially in college, I'm like, I don't have a disability. I have a unique, a unique way of learning. Right. Um, and that's how I found it through that process. And it just, I rather learn that process than have the talent of just, you know, retaining something right away and not have to study. Well, you, 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 you create a work ethic yeah. and, a, and a process. So, and all, so when something comes across your plate in life, whatever it may be, you go through your process and you, and you figure it out. Like, because you know how to do that. Right. Some yeah. of these people, yeah, they might be, you know, whatever in the, and I've seen it where in, in my major, I, I got a, I, I got a, a job before anybody else did in that whole department. It was kind of a small department, right. material science. I talk about one of my podcasts and, you know, I, uh, I had two jobs. I paid my way through school and, and I was working a lot. I could have done better. Right. You know, there's no question about it, but you know, I had like a two five graduating. But I got a job before anybody else. Yeah, and I thought people would be happy about that, but they were like dogging me because I didn't have the grade point. But yeah. these, you know, the and then you're like, well, now you got to go learn how to interview. I've been doing that for it, half a year already, you know, and I had a semester left to go, and I was like, I'm already done, and you know, and it, 20, 24 years later, I'm still working for the same company, and I'm I'm doing extremely well. Yeah, so no, it's uh, it, it's <laughs> funny because but they were 4.0 guys. I have a uh, you know cousins who are a lot younger going to college and. You know, I try to give them certain advice and what to actually really pay attention to mm -hmm. and, and go back to work ethic. I mean, I'm thankful for this unique learning style that I had to inherit, mm -hmm. you know, it just, and I had to teach myself because that created my work ethic. Yeah. If I didn't, if I, I truly believe that if I never was diagnosed with this or someone caught this, I would not have been as the strong of a student as I was. Um, granted, my motivation to become a good student was hockey because if I didn't get good grades, I wasn't going to hockey practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but I, I didn't realize that my work ethic, it, it led me to, you know, my hockey career. It led me to my business career and how my business career is doing well. It led me now my personal life. I mean, do you yeah, realize you just got that, married. That's great. Yeah, yeah. So between my wife and I work just as hard, you know, with my marriage, I do in business and even with my regular family, you know, I always want to be around my family. Mm -hmm. Um, and, it's got a lot to do with work ethic. Oh, yeah. You know, play, I'm a big golf player, and, you know, I love golf. And once again, there are days that I'm going after work to the range, you know, for 45 minutes to an hour just to work on my short game. Yeah. You know, it's – but I it's – Well, you're, you're, you're tough to play against. Like, I, like, you know, you're the guy that I always have to – if you're there, it's a whole different ballgame. When you're not there, it, we can take teams out. But when you're there, it's not it, – it's it, it, you're hard to deal with. Like – you're north and south, and and then the way you carry the puck, and, and and your vision too on the ice is. There's no. I know we're playing men's league, but it's a high level men's league that we play in. Like yeah. you don't realize we're that this, this area, we're fortunate. Yeah, this area definitely fortunate. This area's got a lot of guys that played air. You know, I pinch myself. You know, and you know we we skate. We'll be skating tonight. Yeah. You'll probably be on the black team. I'll be on the white looking team. Looking forward to it, and we'll go at it again, and and that's fine. And uh, I I look forward to it. it keeps me going. You know, so it. Yeah, no, that's it's, great. That's that's good to know. That's cool. Yeah, you know, no, and that's really cool. We, I think we touched upon it before. Mm -hmm. You know, but by the way, thank you for the compliment. And, yeah. Um, but I mean, one thing about men's league too is we create a certain bond with players that we play with. Mm -hmm. You know, and some of these guys I've been friends with when I was younger, guys I met growing up. You know, like I met 
you know, Mike Shaheen probably when I was maybe, I don't know, 15 mm-hmm. when I was playing men's league, 16. Yeah. Um, you know, I knew Richie since I was younger, you know, being around his brother, his dad, you know, both his brothers and his dad. Um, but uh, you can you can never stop teaching somebody. And I love going out in men's league, even though it's men's league. I love pointing out things that guys can do. Oh, you point out stuff to me all the time about it's me turning. Things. Yeah, me turning the right yeah. way, and I turn the wrong way sometimes. And you point it out, and you're I, totally right. Look, some guys may think that's you know, why you care. I care because you know what? You don't know how someone else thinks. Mm-hmm. If I can help someone out, even though it's men's league, that you don't know they're trying hard, and they may want to try better themselves. To me, even though I'm playing men's league, I still want to work on things. Mm-hmm. I still train today, work on certain skills for men's league. Yeah, I want to try to make myself the I always want to make myself a better version of my previous self. Yeah. So every game I play, I want to be a little bit better than the previous game. If I do something that really, you know, upset me, I would try to focus on that and fix it for the next skate. You know, for example, when you're pivoting certain pivots, I remember a few weeks ago, I pointed out a certain pivot you did. Yeah. You know, if you did it this way, you would have had more of an angle on the guy. But to me that if you don't want to take the, you know, that advice, that's fine. But I'm also, I, if I can teach someone just something a little bit, why not? Oh, no, I'm open to that. Yeah, Because yeah. quite honestly, if, if, if I pivot right, I, 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 I'll, I'll defend the play better. 100%. You, know you, so. you take away the, the angle of the guy to try yeah. to cut across. Right. Now he's got to go into the core. Now he's got to waste strides and energy. Mm-hmm. And now he's, now he's forced to look to make a pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got a lot less lane to work with. That. If you cut across the ice, he has more than half ice to work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, it's it's all good. It's all good. Well, well, good. I think that's a good introduction, and and uh, I sent you the five questions, and we'll, we'll just go through them. You know, sure. you know, why did you uh, pick the career path that you did? I mean, I know you start off pre med, and then you got in your family. How'd you get in your family business? So after college, I uh, signed a, a contract with uh, Charlotte Checkers, which was in the East Coast, mm-hmm. uh, which was the Rangers minor league team. It had camps in the AHL with Rockford IceHogs, uh, who was part of the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, okay. And um, after that ended, um, I had a lot of concussions. I had six concussions. Oh, wow. Bad back injury. And I couldn't really further my hockey career. And uh, to the point where a doctor said, listen, if you get one more hit to the head, you could be in a wheelchair. Really? And I was like, okay, that puts life in perspective. Yeah, definitely. So I never had a discussion with my parents saying, look, I'm thinking about med school. I know it's going to be a long road. Um and because uh, I had to do prereqs before I actually went to med school. Mm-hmm. Um, so my dad suggests, hey, get your real estate license and work for, you know, your grandfather and I until you make some money and pay for the med school. So I said, all right, that's a fair deal. So I'm not just sitting around on the couch doing nothing right now. Mm-hmm. So got my real estate license, started working with my father, my grandfather. And we're, we're almost 12 years later. I haven't applied to one med school. Wow. So, so what's that like working with your, with your grandfather and your father? It was scary, man. Yeah. Uh, st- I they ne- hard on you? So grandfather, yes. Um, he's very old school mentality. Um, but uh, I never wanted to join a family business. I, mm-hmm. I heard too many horror stories of families splitting up and not talking ever again. And I did not want that with my family. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to bring work home to the dinner table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so... <laughs> amazing how this thing comes back full circle and um so my father was a little more um laid back Mm -hmm. um my grandfather was the hard-nosed guy so if i needed help with something my dad would definitely help us out if i went to my grandfather for help with the deal 
Um, he's like, do it yourself, fall on your face. The only way you're going to learn is if you fall on your face and you learn from your mistakes. And by the way, some of the mistakes you may make actually aren't mistakes, just not the right time. Right, right. So I actually took that advice to heart um, and uh, try to share that advice to my younger brother who joined the business a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, who, Jason? Yeah, Jason. Oh. So, um, so yeah, it, it's great work with my family. For me, being away from my family growing up, for, for all the traveling I did for hockey, um, seeing my, two of my brothers every day and my father, it's to me that is you can't put a, a price tag on that yeah that's great and being able to go to my father for advice for work if i needed it um with the knowledge that he has and the success that he has being in the business for over 40 years you know it's and for him to take time to teach us you know it, i'm learning from the best in the business yeah no i remember one time we were in the locker room one of those, i think one of those uh, saturday shinnies you're you're talking about how your old man is like really got you to work on the numbers yeah on a deal and yeah have it all laid out yes so top with, to bottom before so you start moving forward you know? with i guess with my work ethic and my and my ocd um i've learned to put all the numbers together first before we even try to tour a building sometimes mm-hmm. you really can't do the numbers first people just want to tour the buildings and um i try to get all the comps together of what deals either sold or at least for in the area um so to prep myself for negotiations with you know the other ownership mm-hmm. um or with the the possible tenant or buyer or seller. Um, you always got to be prepared. Yeah, yeah. Um, and look, things happen where they don't, they usually don't go as planned. Um, but I always... Well, there's a byproduct of all the work you did it, when you were younger. A hundred percent. Right yeah. there. And to me, I'd rather be over-prepared than under-prepared. Oh, yeah. Because the more knowledge that you have, that person is more comfortable with you because mm-hmm. you're giving them as much information as you need. And, and you're more confident, too, in your speech. Like, when you, when you know you've oh, got, yeah. you got everything figured well, out, it's just, okay, I'm ready to go. That is a perfect example. You know? when, I was, when I first started the business, I was so nervous, mm-hmm. wasn't confident. And I knew some of the numbers, but if someone questioned me, just because they were older, I was like, oh, wait, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But n- my dad always said, for the first four or five years when we were in the business, just drive around. Mm-hmm. Any sign that you see, write that sign down call and get any information you can on the building even if it's not in our area if you drive past the building you see a sign write it down call find out who the owner is how much space is available what's the lease price what's the most recent lease that they did or mm-hmm. sale price so we, once you start doing all that when i was younger in the business i thought that was very tedious mm-hmm. but now i realized that now played a role in gaining information because mm-hmm. you never know who's looking for space yeah i mean I could play hockey with someone t- tonight and say, hey, look, I'm looking for a building. Do you have anything in the area? Okay, what are you looking for? Yeah. How, are you looking for office space, industrial space? What type of business do you have? Because some office spaces or warehouses don't allow certain businesses. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I need to know what the building is zoned for for that type of business. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's just, the, to me, in this business, the more just like I'm sure Mike will say the same thing for residential. The more information that you have, the better it is for you to help out the person that you're trying to you know, lease a space to or sell or buy a building for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, yeah, we kind of touched on you. You know, did you have a coach or, or mentor along the way? And obviously your grandfather. Grandfather, my father. Yeah. And I'll say my older brother, Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, who was in it for two years longer than I've been in it. Because so with my grandfather, my father, and my brother, it's three generations. Mm. All three different type of negotiation skills. You know, my father's a little more sensitive. Jordan's a lot younger, so he cares a little bit more reserved. 
my grandfather just hardcore take it or leave it type of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I was able to kind of take all three of their, because I would tour when I was younger in the business, I would go on tours with them just to see how they talk to people, how they would negotiate, yeah. and certain people, how they react with certain people. Um, and I'm able to take three of those personalities plus mine and kind of mold it into my own type of, you know, my own person. Mm-hmm. And that really has helped me through the business of just negotiation. That's awesome. And not just preparing, but just to, when I take someone through a building, how I can talk to them, how my body language is. Because mm-hmm. you want to always seem confident. Look, I can have a bad day, but I can't let them know that I'm having a bad day. Right. Because right. then they're not going to feel confident with me. Right. So, but yeah. So it, That's awesome. Yeah, it's just awareness them. and... Yeah. and 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 um, you know the empathy aspect of selling and yeah that's 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 great that's great uh, all right so at what at what point or stage of your career did you pivot into in this VP role? Great question. Uh, well, I'm in the eleven years. I think when I hit the seven or eight year mark, um, that's when I my my dad gave me the uh, the boost to VP. Hmm. Um, so uh, I guess it was after a certain amount of deals that we did. Um, and he felt confident enough the type of clientele that built up that having that title would definitely be a good thing to have. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, I never thought about titles. You know, I'm in the business of basically I'm my own, my own business in a mm-hmm. sense. Cause I'm, you know, we're commission based, Yeah, yeah. you know, we're not on salary. So to me, and I didn't realize this, how that titles may mean something to certain people. Yeah. Yeah. It never dawned on me. Mm-hmm. So it was a, it was a big you know, compliment and confidence booster. Not that I needed it, but my dad trusted me that, okay, my son's ready. He can be the VP of the company. And it was a big confidence Well, yeah, you booster. can make decisions for the company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm sure you do very, that. It was very big. Yeah. Com- it, was, it was a big compliment, like I said, com- compliment and confidence booster. That's, that's great. That's great. Um, all right, so, you know, number four, like, what what kind of work do you think is going to stay and, and thrive at this executive level? Are you, are you doing more reading? You're doing more negotiating skills? Do you bit bigger deals? So like what what are your thoughts there? So for me, um, believe it or not, with all the reading I did in college and growing up, I kind of retired of reading. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. um, I just recently got back into uh, business reading by doing it on podcasts. I'm in the car all day long, mm-hmm. so I figure I read you know listen to certain podcasts about business. Um, and just different businesses. Like which, what kind um, of podcast are you listening to? So there, there are just a regular business people. Um, believe it or not, uh, uh, Dak Shepard um, has a podcast that he has all different types of, not just actors. He's got teachers. He's got um, philanthropists on there, um, business hmm. tycoons. So listen to his podcast. I can kind of, I learn how they come up in their business, how they became successful. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge part for me. Um, and my goal is honestly just to make even it's a dollar more the previous than I did the previous year. Like I have a goal of, you know, trying to lease as many large buildings, like a hundred thousand square foot buildings as possible. Mm-hmm. But to me, those small deals are just as important as those big deals. Mm-hmm. So a two thousand square foot, you know, deal is just as big as a hundred thousand square foot deal because that two thousand square foot deal, you don't know where they are in their business world. Mm-hmm. They could be just shooting up, you know, through the ranks and in three years, ten years, they may need a hundred thousand square feet. So to me, it's I'm just focusing on make, making every deal I can and getting um, and trying to better myself, be a better negotiator, still be a better listener. Mm-hmm. Um, 
understanding businesses more now than I did even three years ago. Mm. When someone tells me the background of their business, now I go back, when I get back to my office, I do research on their company to have more. Because yeah. when owners ask, how long have they been in business for? Where did they start? How did they get this? How did they, how did they start here? Are they, are they backed by any funds? If so, what, what are they backed by? Mm-hmm. So all that information, I try to do as much information as I, as I can. What what area do you guys like cover? You cover so, all New Jersey? Yeah, we, we we can do all New Jersey. Like when I first started, I was doing stuff even in Atlantic City, believe it or not. Oh wow! But um, a lot of the buildings that I represent are in Monmouth County. Um, even our firm, Monmouth County, Somerset, Middlesex, and Union County. So like I'll say Middlesex, um, Union, Somerset County, like our niche area. Um, we do we do a, a decent amount in Monmouth County, but Middlesex. Like the Edison, Carteret, Linden, the Union area, mm-hmm. we're, we're big in. Wow. So. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. And, uh, like what else? and well, you live in Hoboken, right? live in Hoboken, yeah. so the commute to the office is a little tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might be calling Shaheen soon to try to find me a house. Yeah. It's kind of tough in this market. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's like, like you know, here in Mike's process, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's two different animals, but every business you can kind of intertwine with each other. I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, his, his process to find someone to buy a house is probably on a, the same process that I almost go through to buy someone to sell, to buy a building. Um, it may take a little bit longer than How it do you does. guys, do you guys own buildings? Is that so, yeah, so we own a that couple. That you might rent? Just... We, yeah, we own a couple buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're also partners a couple of buildings. Mm-hmm. Um I myself are starting to do even more research when I sell buildings to owners that I may try to become, I like to get involved in more in their, in the buildings or try to find my buildings to own as well. Mm-hmm. It's it, just like residential. The indu- and we're big players in the industrial market. The industrial market is just skyrocketed. There really? is very little space available. If any, um, sp- rents are through the roof. What used to be seven, eight bucks five years ago is now Anywhere between twelve to fifteen bucks today a square foot. Square foot. Yeah, wow. so it's uh, it's a great um, commodity to have. Um, I trust that. Just you know, like anything, you're taking a risk. But I rather have my money in real estate than than the stock markets. Well, yeah, it's an asset. Yeah, you know, it's, it's an asset. It, know, it's an asset. It, that asset could fluctuate up and down, mm-hmm. but to me, there's a l- in my personal opinion, there could be a little more stability in real estate because the value always comes back. Mm-hmm. So. But uh, and seeing the market the way it is today, it's just, uh, I mean, six years ago, just to sell a building was 98 bucks a square foot. Now they're going for over 200 bucks a square foot. Oh, my God. It's, it's crazy. Wow. So. Wow. That's yeah. good to know. Wow. That's crazy. All right. Well, we'll do the, you know, the fifth question here, fifth and final. Um, if you could do it all over again, what would you change, if anything? Yeah, that, that question was very tough when yeah. I read that question. Yeah, you, you were, um, you're... So I'm a true yeah, believer that you, you have a path mm-hmm. and you, f- you just go down that path and things should kind of work out the way they should. And uh, I don't know if I really would want to change anything. And I mm-hmm. look back, even when I was in high school and in college, choosing colleges to go to, for, you know, for hockey and education, it led me to where I am today and I'm, I'm a better person for it. And it sounds so cliche, but um, I I never thought I'll be the business person. Yeah. And never thought I'll have any, even if it's a little success in business, never thought I'll have that. And it, it expanded 
just my personality to a mm-hmm. whole different level. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm very comfortable talking to any person. Look, in my business, what's great about my business, and I'm sure same with residential, each day is different. It's never the same because mm-hmm. you're you're meeting someone new every day. You're shaking hands with someone different every day. You're learning about a different business every day. Mm-hmm. So your mind's always being triggered. So if I was going to be a doctor, granted, I, was, I wanted to be an ophthalmologist. I wanted to do surgery on the eye. Mm-hmm. My days could be different, but, you know, doing surgery on the eye, my, my, I, I mean, I just love the business that I'm in. So I don't know if I really would change it. You know, yeah, going yeah. way back to my learning disability, would I do it all over again and make sure I didn't have a learning disability? If someone said, hey, go back and you didn't have to learn disability, I'll say no, because it made me who I am today and it developed my work ethic. And, you know, I'm hoping to one day, you know, be as successful or even more successful than my grandfather and my father are. Oh, know? yeah, you so, could do it. And it's just, uh, even with hockey, like, granted, my career didn't go the way I wanted to, but I mean, I played at Penn State. Right? I mm-hmm. played in one of the highest junior hockey leagues. I had professional camps, and um, I was able to represent our country twice. Yeah, that's impressive. I really can't be upset about that. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and it's just um, and the friendships I developed all the way, meeting you, you know, a few years back, and yeah, yeah. you know, people like Shaheen and you know Drew McCoy, mm-hmm. and I'm um, just my friends in my age. You know, they're they're guys I played with when I was five, six years old that I still talk to every day today. So I don't think I really would change anything yeah so it's just what's well, good yeah so i really um never thought i'd be this happy and if you ask me these questions <laughs> you know maybe nine ten years ago my answer would be completely different yeah yeah um but uh i'm glad my father gave me that opportunity mm-hmm. to work for him i'm glad my grandfather kind of gave him the kick and the took us to uh to really kind of focus on this and you know give it a shot but uh you know another thing about our business is you create your own schedule yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not confined to a computer every day, and I wouldn't be able to work like that. I can't be confined to a computer every day. And with the per- the personality that I have, I need to be out talking to people. Right, right. And um, you know, I, I love learning about different businesses. You well, know? you know, real estate sales, it's it's endless. Yeah, it's, it's endless. It's endless. It's like my my wife, her fa- her father uh, is in sales, and so is her brother. They own a coffee company, and um, just being at the dinner table with them and talking the way we talk, it we're. Yeah, we're talking sales, but there's a there's a certain conversation and comfortability that you have when you're when you're a salesman. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I didn't have that before I started. At least I don't think I did. Um, but I mean, look, any business you grow as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, when you're especially when your brain is stimulated by different things every day, you can grow twice as fast, and you become more aware. Mm-hmm. And just go into a building, you know, so if someone, I have a client of mine right now is looking for it to buy 60,000 square feet of warehouse. And once again, there's not much available. And he goes, well, I, just, I need, I just need a warehouse. And I walk through the building with him and I notice certain things about the building that need a lot of work, you know, whether it's the roof, um, air conditioning, you know, HVAC, mm-hmm. the sprinkler system's not working. Um, you need, you have to re, you know, you have to, uh, reconfigure the office space for yourself. So you factor that into the purchase price as well. You're in it for a lot more money than you actually want to spend. And even though you want to buy the building j- right now, you have to wait just a little bit longer because you're going to be paying more money than what you should be paying right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Mike will be saying that to a, a buyer yeah, you know, yeah. of a house. Well, it goes back to your knowledge of stuff, yeah, the studying you've done, your ability to, to make, you know, be there right with the client. 
maximize that kind of decision right put all that data together very quickly yeah and it's know? it's knowing your market mm-hmm. and knowing people's budgets and respecting people's budgets um but also knowing when you can kind of push certain things mm-hmm. um and at the end of the day like most businesses it's all about reputation and my father and grandfather built the business with great reputation and i my brothers and i want to keep that reputation going and i don't want to you know jeopardize the reputation of myself or the company if I say, yeah, just buy this building. Go right. Ahead. Go right. ahead. Exactly. And, uh, but it's, it's a fun business, man. You don't think it is. And I, it makes me appreciate my father even more because being able to take us to hockey trips. Like at one point, my dad had three different kids on three different travel teams. Wow. So my mom was in Chicago one weekend. My dad was in uh, Canada one, that same weekend. I was with another family and they would rotate children every weekend. And knowing, now knowing how hard my father works, and seeing the business that he conducts, also making time to take us to practice and all these tournaments and these games every weekend, sometimes leaving on a Thursday. I mean, it's amazing how you know that he's successful. Yeah, yeah. But it's just and well, he's a true man. I mean, that's that's that's. I think that society, you know, kind of go off on a little bit of tangent myself. I think society's kind of gotten away from that. Yeah. You know, the good fatherhood. You know, you know, you know, two people in the, you know, in the home and the family and. And, you know, society's kind of got to get back to that. You know, yeah, there's a lot of value because if you, when you're around people where they've had that in their life, like yourself, yeah. they, you see how successful you are and everybody else within your family. And, and, you know, you just got married and that, you know, if you guys uh, choose to have children, things like that, yeah. that'll be the same kind of deal that's going on. And, and, you know, and, and that's, that just keeps, keeps growing what your grandfather yep. did, you know, yeah, it just keeps going and going and going. And we got to get back to that. It's you know? funny. Cause I mean, my family is, just, you know, really close. And uh, we do a lot of family events, a lot mm-hmm. of family gatherings. And uh, seeing how my my uncles and my father grew up, um, how my grandfather was with his family, and seeing how my father was with our family, it makes you really appreciate the importance of family mm-hmm. and life. Not putting business aside. Yeah. Because um, when you grow up, you think success is measured by money. Mm-hmm. And it's, in some cases, it is. Um, to me, the success... Well, money just kind of gives you freedom right. to do exactly. something. Exactly. Gives know. you the freedom. Hey, you want to go somewhere with the family, you know? Oh, yeah, right. exactly. uh, I can put it together, you know? You know, my father never put business before family. Never. Wow. My dad, if we had a practice, my dad to be at, he was there. Game, he was there. There were very little games I can remember, remember where my father did not could not show up. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my grandfather always said the most... <laughs> The uh, the biggest how was how did he put it? The the biggest the thing you can't put a price tag on is family. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting on the beach with him on vacation one day for his 80th birthday, and we're in Aruba, and our entire family is in is in the ocean. So there's about 20 of us in the ocean. Oh yeah. And I'm sitting oh, there wow. and I'm sitting there just you know talking to my grandfather and uh, and I go this is great right? This is like this is this is what you live for right? He goes you don't understand. That's exactly what we live for. No amount of money can replace us. Yeah. Just remember that. And that's one thing I took from my grandfather, one of many, but that I will always remember that no matter what amount, how much money, it will never give you a family like this. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, you can have all this money, but at the end of the day, you build your family, not the money. Right. So. Right. Like the money almost becomes like a byproduct. It's a byproduct. It's a exactly. byproduct of a yeah. good family. Yeah. So it's. Um, working hard and working hard. You just, 
if you work hard, you like what you do. That's another yeah. part of Bradley Basis. When I talk to a lot of young people, they're kind of lost. They're not, I wouldn't say lost, but they're trying to figure out what they want to do, and that's okay. But you got to put work towards that. Figuring out what you want to do is somewhat is one of the hardest things to do as a young person. Right. You got to figure out what you want to do. Yeah. But I think with the advent of podcasts, like you just described, that what Dak Dak Shepard. Yeah, he's the husband of uh, Kristen Bell. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So there's just very it it, information is so readily available that that you could just figure out what you want to do. Yeah. You know, you get to maybe not go to college right away. Maybe take take a year off and work a little bit, figure out what you want to do, and and because you know the thing, the reason why I started Bradley Basics, as as you may have listened to the first one, is like. You know, I paid my own through school. Right. So when it comes to money and finances, I'm, I'm very good because I had to be, yep. right? Um, my parents paid for all my hockey since I was mm-hmm. five years old till I was like basically 20. And we're in the car going down Detroit three hours one way. And I don't know how my parents did it, to be real honest. So they're probably right. taking loans out. Right. I, they never right. told me. And when they said, hey, you got you know, you to do this yourself, I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. Yeah. You know, I signed a loan. And once I put my name on that loan, to, you know, once I, you know, went to community college for a couple of years and then I went to Michigan State and I had to really take some money out. Um, I was like, well, this is on me. Let me ask you this, though. You know? If, if let's say you, your parents are fortunate enough to pay for your education, right? Do you think you'd be the same person you're on today if you didn't go through that? No. That, right? It's Not so, at all. Not it's at all. Uh, me, fortunately, um, my father paid for the education, but I also gave up scholarships. Mm-hmm. So I was very sensitive to that because I didn't want my father paying for my education. Mm-hmm. And um, he gave me the opportunity to go to Penn State. And part of my work ethic is me paying my father back yeah no between hockey alone and college there's no amount of money that i can pay my father back mm-hmm. there, so to me in, in in myself how can i repay my father including my mother back what's your show? gratitude before it, success that's another it's rally all, basic but yeah. that, it's always saying mm-hmm. saying thank you mm-hmm. it's always a, being appreciative of everything yeah um and i let my father know more times than he probably wants i'll even send him an email he's the office next to me i'll send him an email just saying Thanks for everything. Yeah, that's great. I truly do. And it's just, um, it, it also helped me mold myself into a certain person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm very OCD, but I'm also very diligent. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, and that's kind of why I like this business. It makes you become a diligent person. It makes you be more aware. It makes you want to really kind of really know everything around you. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll drive in, like I was driving on Long Island last weekend for my brother's wedding. And I'm looking at I'm looking at buildings in Long Island. I don't do business in Long Island, but it's it's like it's what fascinates me now. Yeah. So, but um, that's great. But yeah, no, it's well, you obviously like what you do. I, I do. That's why you're good at yeah, it. Yeah, I so. I enjoy. I never. So my father was a very few people that that I know that said I love what I do, mm-hmm. and I never understood that. It's real estate. How do you just love real estate? How do you fall in love with a job? To me, being a I'll fall in love with being a doctor. Um, but I over the years I've truly learned. To love what I do, I, I think. Well, I might. This an observation just from this podcast. I think the observation why you like what you do because you're still dealing with people. Yeah, you're still helping people. Yeah. that's what a good doctor yeah. does is helps people. You're still solving problems, and you know those are some components. It's just a different form. Yeah, right. The, the biggest gratification that I get is when, and this happens a fairly amount. And just it's office space or it's warehouse space. People send me an email. And says, so "Want to thank you so much for your professionalism, and I really appreciate you helping us out with this. We look forward to working in the future. By the way, my friend is looking for a building. There you go. Between the thank you and the referral alone, whether I get that deal or not, that to me is the biggest gratification. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, I had people that I've, I come to find out a few years ago that they were sending emails to my father, you know, saying, thank you, you know, your son was great. And, and I'm sure my brothers get the same stuff. You know, mm-hmm. they get the same emails, getting the thank yous. And, but like you said, it's like, well, you don't take it for granted. No, you guys like what you do. You're maintaining a reputation. You know, it's, um, it's a hockey player mentality. Yeah. You know, you're not going to embarrass yourself or embarrass your family. No, it's, and, and it's how can you do better the next game? Right. right like exactly. I said earlier. And to me, it's, it's the motivation of not having a salary. So if the harder I work, the more opportunity I have to make money. Right. Right. Exactly. And it's like you said, it's not all about the money, but you have to live. Yeah. Like, like, on, like I think on the second or second podcast with Mike, maybe the first, uh, you know, there's a spiritual aspect of your name, right? Yeah. So when you do a good job and you, you treat people with integrity, like I did a podcast with Dick Seif, who was one of my big, one of my key guys that I kind of high level guy, he kind of retired little you know he retired kind of when i could could have used his help but he had retired but right. you know but anyway but anyways, you know what his, his main thing working 40 years for our, my my company and he was a, glo- a senior global vp but you know and he, and he and he really developed like how the company does a lot of things and but he always treated people with integrity yeah that that's basically what you know that treating people with integrity and uh that that's that sticks out so it's we come to find especially in a business of sales is relationships mm-hmm. and probably wasn't until my fourth or fifth year in the business that I really understood the relation relationship aspect of the business where my father and grandfather would always go see old tenants you know just to pop their head and see how things going but that right there just to show that you care mm-hmm. where some maybe some realtor some agent or broker may not take the time to go out of their way to go see them until their lease has expired. I, I don't know how other brokers work, so I can only speak from, you know, my experience. But me just peeking my head in, then I end up sitting down for a half hour talking with them. Yeah. We're talking shop, we're talking business, talking about family, and and that right there, you build a relationship right there and there. A little yeah. bit stronger than it was before you walked in there that day. Right, exactly. And what does it take? A little stop it, by? It takes stop by. And it's fun. If I'm driving to see a building, I, if I have time, I'll leave an hour early, knowing that I have clients in the area, I'll stop in, stop at one or two clients, and then, okay. Just peek my head and how's everything going? Great, okay. There's a client I have in Piscataway that sells printers. One of my favorite, you know, he's a great client. And there are times, probably once every couple of months, I'll stop in. We'll, we'll end up shoot, you know, talking shop for an hour. That's awesome. Which is great. Yeah. So, and to me, that's that's a joy again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, I, I built another relationship. Well, yeah, you know, business, when you get to to that kind of level, it becomes, the, your clients become like an extension yeah, of, of your you know, sub-family in a sense. It's, you know? it's funny, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty much what it is. Yeah, that's how yeah. you kind of treat them. Yeah, right? exactly. So and They can rely on you, and you know they're going to be there, yeah. and they know what they get, and, Look, and you know, consistency, is, right? Yeah, my wife always jokes, like, why you answer your phone call or text message at 10 o'clock at night? Why? Well, because if I don't answer, the next person, the next broker or agent could answer, and then they're going on a different building. But I also want my clients or anybody, even a, po- a potential client, to be able to have access to me. Yeah. Whether it's a text message at 10 o'clock and I had an email or phone call. If I can't answer, I can't answer. I'll send a message back. But to me, in the business that we're in, I want to be accessible. I want to feel like they can count on me. Mm-hmm. No matter what. Even though they know I can't get the deal done at 10 o'clock at night, if they have a concern, I want them to ask me. And if I can solve it for them right then and there, I'm happy. Yeah. I save them one extra step and then they put their head 
on the pillow at night and sleep well. Right. Yeah, it's great. So. No, it's great. That's great. Well, hey, hey, Jamie, this is a hell of a podcast. No, this I great, appreciate this, it. This is great what you're doing, man. Yeah, no, no really problem, appreciate dude. appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time, and um, we'll definitely, you know, we'll probably do a follow-up. I, I, we'll I did a follow-up with uh, with Mike and uh, I'm, I'm in season two, um, so I'm, I think you're going to be eight, so... Uh, I try to do 15 because on my website, yep. like 15 podcasts seems to fit on the page. Yep, That's the only yep, reason yep. I'm doing That's it. So, so I'm doing 15. But uh, like I said, I appreciate your time. This is really good. I, I learned a lot about commercial real estate. There's obviously a lot more to learn. And uh, thank everybody for your time. And like always at Bradley Basics, uh, enjoy the day. Thanks Take a lot. Take care. Man. Appreciate it. No problem.